0: Open the door to the most powerful room in housing. Built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress, The Gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. Welcome, everyone. My guest today is Managing Editor James Kleiman, to talk about our latest reporting on pricing exceptions and the potential risk lenders face from those practices. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, great to be back. Great to have you back Um, and to talk about a story that is another feature story on a topic that we know that our audience is super interested in, and that's pricing exceptions. So maybe outline what you looked at this time, because we talked about a story a few weeks ago, the first feature in in the series. Yeah, the first
1: feature was essentially on the pricing buckets and the way in which loan officers were cutting their own compensation to go skinny on deals and retain clients and make the numbers work. Of course, uh, we we heard from a lot of people, and it's complicated. I, I think there are a lot of good reasons for loan officers to do that, but by the letter of the law in a lot of cases, it is illegal. So this is the second series, and we wanted to focus on the lenders themselves and the way in which they are going skinny on deals and who's benefiting and if the regulators are looking closely at the practice. So we start off talking to a loan officer in North Carolina. We call him Mike. And he has two loans closing in mid-January. They're going to close on the same day. And he tells us that he has one loan closing for first-time homebuyers who didn't really press him on pricing. And it's been so difficult for them just to get the application together and all the documents. And he knew that there was no chance they were going to price shop him and apply with other lenders. It was just so stressful and 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 he just, he knew he had them, right? And so he has another loan closing on the same day for a real estate agent who is an investor and has done many loans in the past. And she knows what the national average is for a 30-year fixed rate. She's resourceful. Right at the time, rates were about 6.8%. She's well-educated. She's older. She's just more experienced. And so Mike didn't hesitate. He did far more pricing exceptions for the real estate agent than he did for the first-time homebuyers. And uh, he tells us, I didn't think the first-time homebuyers fall into any protected class, but what if they did? What if I discriminated against them by effect? In our training, there's so much focus that we can't do anything that would even accidentally be discriminatory. And so despite these considerations, Mike did remain focused on closing loans that day, and he did end up granting more lender-paid pricing exceptions to the real estate agent. But we do know that the CFPB is interested in looking at this, and they've expressed concern about some of these issues associated with pricing exceptions. So what we wanted to do was take a really close look at how these pricing exceptions come to be. Is it an individual loan officer who makes the call independently to say, I have 50 to 100 basis points to play with from the lender. Is it a regional manager or a branch manager operating a p model and they're able to grant the exception to the loan officer to retain and then also the lender at large, the mothership, so to speak? What kind of role do they have in permitting certain loan officers to take advantage of the exceptions and others who don't have that same, um, you know, ability. And and so we really tried to break down also the fair lending concerns and the likelihood that the CFPB or potentially another regulator, there are technically speaking different regulators in this space, although the CFPB is certainly the one most people know and are afraid of, um, but the likelihood that they might step in and say, hey, this is a practice that we're a little bit uh, concerned about and we want to offer some guidance as to what is black, what is white, and uh, it will eliminate some of that gray.
0: Yeah, I think it's great uh, because, like you said, with the last time with pricing buckets, totally different here. But you can see how um, I I like the guy that you guys picked to um, interview. I know you interviewed lots of people for this, but it's like here he is. He's trying to do the right thing. It's just from a very business standpoint. This person doesn't know and this person does know. But then how do you get into it if the person who doesn't know is part of a protected class? You're not even thinking that. You're just like, oh, well, they're not asking, so I don't need to, to do it for that. So I think it's a very tricky situation. It is.
1: And that's really the the ethical tension here. I don't think anyone has set out to disadvantage some and advantage others. But if you're in a sales role, your job is to close the deal. And if you know fairly early on in the process with the customer that they're more likely than not to say, you know what, I can find a better deal elsewhere you're going to do what you can to keep them. And if someone isn't putting you under that same degree of pressure, I think you're much less likely to um, to, to throw certain incentives at them.
0: So tell me a little bit about, um, so Flavia Furlan-Nunez is the reporter on this story. She's our senior mortgage reporter. Tell yep. us a little bit about how many people she talked to and what the reporting looked like.
1: She talked to about a dozen people over the course of the reporting on this story. It took a little under two and a half months to report this out, and we wanted to be very thorough. We wanted to first understand how it happens, and this is not a new practice. This has been going on for many years, but it has certainly picked up since mortgage rates began to climb. Uh, we're almost close to uh, the two-year mark uh, on that, and I think... It's important to note that every lender in the country, their job is to close loans. And it's a very competitive environment right now. And a lot of them are willing to cut their margin, to cut their profit, to even make, you know, 100 basis points on a loan when previously they would have made 250 or even 300, right? It's just a very different time. And they're doing everything they can to protect their turf. And and many of them are in dire financial straits. And so Flavia first tried to figure out, okay, how common is this? And from her reporting, we estimate that the vast majority of mortgage lenders in America, IMBs, I should say, are offering some sort of pricing exception. There are, of course some that don't do anything like that that just price consistently in in a pretty low you know low bracket and they don't have to move it up and down but a lot of them do and some of them offer up to 100 basis points per individual loan officer and so they can without having to ask for an override or an exception on the loan pricing they can make that call independently Um, I would say it's, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: it's the sort of thing that you're going to see in any competitive market, right? So you look at car sales, they're all going to offer different kinds of incentive programs. They're going to offer different, um, you know, incentives. You can get a certain package on a car because, you know, maybe the Honda Accord, they're offering this kind of financing package, right? They'll they'll do a two point nine percent APR, and okay, well we can't compete on that, but we can give you something else. And so maybe you get heated seats and uh, you know a moonroof and and you get fog lights. It's not all that different in mortgage. Of course, the way mortgage is regulated makes it a, a little bit trickier, um, but it, it is certainly not a new phenomenon. But we are starting to see more scrutiny from lenders. Uh, I'm sorry, on lenders from regulators. And LOs generally don't want to go back and forth like a used car salesman in negotiating mortgage rates. And so the pricing exception, I think, in large part exists because you want to have a good, strong relationship with the borrower and having to go back and forth to your manager or the head of whatever desk it is and say, okay, well, you know, I try to get 25 more basis points, but he said, no, it's, it's just not, it's not good for building a relationship. And so, you know, they'll receive explicit approval from the manager or, you know, in other cases, I think that there are a lot of questions about which LOs end up getting the pricing exceptions that the lender uh, is offering, right? And these are pricing exceptions that cut into the lender price. And so if you're, a higher producing loan officer, you're much more likely to get the pricing exception, whereas someone who is producing half as much volume as you do in a year might not get the green light on that. And so that, I think, also leads to questions uh, about, there, there are certainly fair lending questions, should you be getting a discount just because the mortgage loan officer works with more people than just you. uh, That that doesn't strike me as particularly fair, but a lot of things in life aren't fair.
0: Dive into the insights of top-tier real estate executives, brokers, team leaders, and agents on The Real Trending Podcast, hosted by Tracy Velt. Discover strategies to elevate your business, innovate your marketing, benchmark performance, and more. Tune in every Monday morning for an interview tailored specifically for real estate professionals. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts. You know, this is why, like you said, it's it's very nuanced because you think about that. I mean, um, one of the things that I think about is when when they put into place a TRID, which was very painful for the industry. This was like, this uh, making sure everybody had their closing disclosures at a time so they could shop around and and do this kind of shopping on pricing. That sounds like that's what's happening here, right? That the only reason that you need to do this is because someone's like, no, I, I think I can get it uh, less or showing, yeah, I already got a quote for less. So so here's the paperwork. So that's interesting to me because I know at the time it was kind of like how many people actually shop? Uh, of course, this was you know early in, in uh, some of the things we have now for apps and things, but so that's one encouraging thing that that you have more people shopping for for their uh, loan pricing uh, at least that you know that's worth it but when you when you look at this you say gosh it just seems like there's so much here that could happen and also how how then is the cfpb going to even be able to suss that out and if it's not over a certain amount because the story talks about how you know you're they're under um, a certain limit right that the lender gives them different limits, at what limit is the CFPB going to be interested?
1: Yeah. And this does tie into the first story that we published, looking at the pricing buckets in which a loan officer will commonly lie about the source of the lead. So the CFPB rules do permit a loan officer to take fewer basis points on a loan if it was corporate generated, say, rather than it came from your own referral network, right? Like it came from a real estate agent. Uh, And so that is technically legal, but if you lie about the source of the lead, it is illegal. And the reason that we we see this tension is because the the lenders are losing money quarter after quarter, right? So many of them haven't been uh, in the black since 2022, and so they're reticent to give out discounts if they don't need to. And so if you're losing money... You know, you, you still have to hold on to the deal, though. Like, you you get nothing if, if nobody gets a discount and the borrower walks away from you and goes to your competitor. And that's when you see a lot of the pressure on LO compensation emerge, where the company usually says, you know, I, I can't change the loan officer compensation because of the letter of the law with Regulation Z. So do you look the other way if the loan officer says, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to call this a corporate generated lead or I'm going to put it into a different bucket? And I'll take the hit. I'll take a fifty basis point haircut or hundred basis points. You know, I've I've heard people getting really, really skinny and making basically nothing on a loan because they also need to to prove to the lender that they are productive, that they are bringing in revenue to the mothership. So it's it's really all a factor of rates being quite high, and you also have to consider that every IMB is at a disadvantage when a prospective borrower is shopping for a new home, right? The likelihood of you getting the mortgage on that unless you have a specific deal with the home builder is slim to none. So that's about 30% of the market right now. So it's just everyone's in a really tough spot. The borrowers themselves are in a really, really difficult place and they just don't have additional money if rates jump from 6.8 when you were looking to 72 The numbers just may not work out. You might be over the DTI. There might be another reason that you just can't make that work. So it then creates a pressure on the loan officer who may themselves preemptively decide to provide a pricing exception or cut their own comp to get it in because they expect that the borrower is going to either shop them or not be able to get the deal done without them doing that. So... It's a, it's a really tricky issue.
0: It is. It's actually interesting that, you know, one of the sources you talked to, one of the lenders was like, it would actually in some ways be great if the CFPB was more particular about this, if they if they had some rules to follow. So then it's not just like, well, we've, you know, we've got to keep up with the Joneses, you know, uh, with our competitors cutting this rate, but we're never sure if, if that's okay. Like if they came in and just, just had more rules around it, that might be better. What, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I, I hear this quite a bit related to the CFPB, and, and a lot of what they do now is regulation by supervisory highlights. And so it comes out pretty infrequently, and we don't see a lot of enforcement actions back in the, depending on the way you see it, the bad old days, the good old days when Rob Cordray was in charge. Lenders left and right would be getting hit with massive fines and whether it was fair or not it did create a different culture where there wasn't a lot of gray it was we just no longer do these practices yeah. because the threat of the cspb walking in to our offices going through all of our books and then kicking our butts with a massive penalty for something like we didn't even think you know our in- our attorney said it wasn't illegal uh suddenly is is a uh, you know worthy of extreme punishment. You don't have that anymore. And that's partly because the CFPB has been maybe not defanged, but but they're certainly not as aggressive as they had been. Um, I think a lot of lenders and a lot of LOs just, they operate in so many grays nowadays, and they don't see many people being punished for maybe putting one so over the line. And so I think it does promote, especially in in a marketplace where we're still looking at 7% mortgage rates. And when people are desperate, they're going to, I think they're gonna push the limits or they're gonna test the limits a little bit more than what they had previously considered. Uh, We didn't see the pricing exceptions at the same level that we do today in 2021 and 2022 even. It has picked up quite a bit. And I think every lender out there wants to know what's legal what isn't and if you can give them a very clear-cut explanation that isn't wildly interpretive that would put a lot of people at ease but we just haven't seen it
0: i I think one of the things that comes through in the article is the fact that you know they don't um, LOs don't love this practice for a lot of reasons and one of them like you said is like they don't want to be the used car salesman oh let me go check with my manager and the fact that um, I believe you brought this up in the last story, too, is that when when they're like, oh, OK, here's another price. It's like, well, why don't you give me that price, you know, at the beginning? Like, why did I have to ask? So, you know, just from a customer satisfaction retention point of view, it's also not great. Nobody wants to be in that spot where they're like, OK, what am I supposed to say to get the magic, you know, MSRP discount? You know, I don't I don't want to pay MSRP on this uh, mortgage. What what can I say? And uh, that's uncomfortable. And
1: there are a lot of people out there who think that while well-intentioned, the LO comp rules that were essentially rewritten just after the great financial crisis, uh, some believe it more a credit crisis than anything else, um, really have hindered, they've they've cut any flexibility. And loan officer comp used to be lower. You, you know, it's now you have to have a uniform rate on your comp. Let's say it's 125 basis points or whatever it is, but loan officer comp is a lot more expensive than it was pre you know, Dodd-Frank rule changes. And I know there are a lot of fellows out there who would rather go skinny and have the ability to change their pricing left and right uh, to make the deals work, but they don't have a lot of flexibility to do that. And, and so that's why we're starting to see, I think, the proliferation or, or really just an acceleration of some of these existing practices that have been in place. No one invented this in you know March of 2021 or March of 2022 even so it's it's a challenge and we still have an affordability crisis at the root of all this and i think a lot of borrowers need some help and this is a small piece of the puzzle but it is a pretty
0: important one I also, you know, it, it um, just like my question earlier, like at what point is it going to trigger? Like you talked about, you know, people, you know, they they haven't seen people get slapped for stepping a toe over the line. Where is the line, right? Like at at what point is like is it um, your X basis points um, pricing exception? That's what's gonna that's what's gonna trigger. And also, where what kind of documentation does the loan officer have to make when they make a pricing exception? I don't know that. Um, I don't know if you if you know that from the story, but it's like so. Do, do they have to include in there? Hey, um, this was the this was the quote they got from um, the uh, you know another lender. Do they have to even provide an explanation? Like I, I don't know that.
1: Yeah, discounts should be reflected in the paperwork. So, the CFPB is always interested in disparate impacts, and just as is the case in, in most things related to um, you know the, the complicated world in, in judging fairness in credit and in lending, the CFPB wants to make sure that there is a paper trail if someone is getting a discount. And so there should be solid record keeping. And, and just as was the case with the LO comp buckets, you need to be reflecting uh, any change and why that change is made. And in, in most cases, it's because another lender Uh, Offered a different rate, and you can say, Hey, uh, you know, we're we're dropping down to 6.75 with, you know, half a point or whatever. uh, And and that's the reason. But yeah, the CFPB is definitely going to be looking through the books and they're going to be examining and saying, Hey, it's interesting that 85% of your white borrowers ended up getting pricing exceptions, lender paid pricing exceptions, but only 35%. Of the black borrowers got the same pricing exceptions. And I think there's going to be a lot more scrutiny. And so we did see, I want to say it was a year ago, I think it was in the summer, Wells Fargo was one of the lenders who was later publicly identified as having, uh, you know, certain, I think, statistical inconsistencies that the CFPB was interested in examining further. I don't believe it ended up resulting in any kind of a fine or anything, but the CFPB is not shy to tell lenders after going through an audit. And again, most of the big lenders out there get audited pretty regularly. The CFPB usually does about 20% of um, you know, IMBs and, and other, obviously the banks are also regulated by the FDIC and, and have a whole series of other laws that they need to adhere to. Um, but certainly on the IMB side, if you do get audited and the cfpb looks through the tape and says you have i think clear reason to believe that there are discriminatory practices even if they're not intentioned the cfpb doesn't care so much about intention these days right it's about the effect and so i would be very careful if i were operating a mortgage lender and i'm pricing high and i'm giving the flexibility to the regional managers. Where the branch managers or the yellows themselves to play with, you know, a hundred basis points, and if they're inadvertently offering greater discounts to one group of borrowers than another, at some point, I, I think the CUPB is going to have to take action.
0: So you mentioned uh, disparate impact, and you know, if uh, we. Some of our listeners may know that very well if they're in lending if you're in real estate, you may not know and what that means is that even if you don't if even if you don't set out to discriminate against some people or give some other people a fair advantage, um, if that's the ca- if that's the result, you're still liable for for those actions that led to that. So it doesn't mean intent it doesn't you might not be trying to do that. but in your example that you just said, if you can show, you know, this kind of borrower got this versus this kind of borrower got that. um, It can be very dangerous.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, James, um, thanks so much for being on today. Really appreciate it. And um, great reporting by your newsroom as always. Look forward to more in this series.
1: Thanks so much, Sarah.
0: Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.